Hey, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, KG. It's your boy, LV. What's going on, everybody? Yep, we back to you again with another episode of A Thin Line Between Love and Sports. Yes, sir. This is uh, episode nine. Uh, we, we rolling along. Rolling along. So how everything been going with you this week? Everything been going good, man. Wrapping up, you know, another school year yeah. with the kids, man. And, uh, right. Oh, big shout out. Well, not shout out, but, you know, I just want to say my condolences to the, the kids in Santa Fe. You know, oh, those yes. families and everything like that just happened, you know, this past week. You know, that was uh, another tough loss we got to deal with again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah. Uh, the stats and, and, and the facts on these uh, school shootings that, that happen is, is it's alarming. Yeah. It's crazy. So definitely uh, everybody that's ever been affected by anything like that, they're in our thoughts and prayers. It's happened way too long, man. But yeah, other than that, though, man, what's been going on with you? Man, you know, um, just trying to get it, trying to get it the best way I can. You know, school winding down. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer's approaching. Kids out. So, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be crazy this summer for my son. But we looking forward to it. Yeah, trying to get to it already. But yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we got the NBA playoffs going on right now. It's uh, pretty good, man. I think I... Probably one of the best playoff series I've seen in a while. Yeah, as far man, as you know, as a whole and everything, it's been a lot of good playoff games uh, from first round all the way up to the to the conference finals. Yeah, it's been you know kind of like seeing it back and forth the way it's supposed to be. Um, but one question that you know I wanted to raise from this, especially you brought up to me too, was you know it's been a lot of comparing comparing going on, man. Like it's right. like it's like we're not even appreciating what we're seeing anymore. No, we're always <laughs> trying to like every time somebody doesn't does something great, we want to. Compare them to somebody. Right. You know, we can't even appreciate that player for what they do in this time yeah, or in, in this, this day. Moment, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I did ask that question. And I just wanted to know uh, how you felt about it. Uh, why is there this need to compare uh, a player or a team or an era to another one? Like, why can't we as as fans and and people that observe sports why can't we just accept what we're seeing and appreciate it as as being great okay man i think for me it's just like just being like in a society that we're in now like everything is like that though it's not even just sports it's just like whenever somebody posts something or you know you have rappers that post stuff or celebrities post stuff it's always that one person in the comments that triggers everything they want to go against the grain contrarian yeah contrarian just because they want to have that opposite of opinion or something and they want to start something or get some attention from it. And then as far as basketball or, you know, just sports, period, I think it's just the fact that, you know, you have people who have their favorites and they don't want their favorites to be, you know, outdone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that thing, it, it bugs me a lot because, like you said, you can't really just appreciate, you can't appreciate it, you know, for its entirety just because somebody's going to say something all the time negative about it, which is crazy, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you, when you do that, you miss out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's it's um to me, people do that just mostly yeah to be a, a, a contrarian, and uh, I think a lot of times, man, people just do it just you know what I'm saying they like to be you know shit starters a little bit, mm-hmm. you know they feed off that that type of energy, and sometimes I understand it, but most of the time I don't. Most of the time I just kind of sit and just. Want to ask why? Yeah, yeah, you know, like why? You know, like why? Like why? Why is it that when this happens, 
you say something and it wasn't even asked of you to say something you know right. what i'm saying like so i, I i'm just kind of weirded out by it, man i think it's a weird obsession and you're right it, it's maybe it's human nature yeah, and I think a lot of people like we're in this day and age now where we like getting a reaction out of people. Yeah, like we like seeing it because we want to see how far we can push them to see where you know what I mean. Because yeah. I can be like on my Facebook something like that, and I'll just put up a status of like you know my favorite team, like good game we did this, and then somebody jump on my post and be like, "Oh, your team, sorry." <laughs> like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even enjoy my team, but it's kind of like I did put it out there in a sense, in you know, in the public. Yeah. So it's kind of like I made myself susceptible to it. Yeah, and, and uh, it's you're right, bro. It's it's everywhere. Um, you 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 can't have a preference. Yeah, you can't have a preference. If if you have a preference, somebody's going to tell you what their preference is, and if their preference is different than yours, now it's a a debate about who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, man, this is this is just this is me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and. You you got those people that love that reaction, love that energy, man, and and you know it, it's it, it could come to blows. I, I feel like a lot of this <laughs> stuff that that people say it only happens on the internet. Yeah, because and yeah, the, most the, definitely the way that they uh, word their statements, the way that they come out, the uh, the overall feeling of the stuff they say. Like normally, that's a fight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like and sometimes I gotta catch myself, right? Based off somebody how somebody reacts to what I say, just because I'm like, I got, well, I gotta remember this is just words. Like, let me just chill out. But like, it's like, damn, like, why are we even going this far with it when you know you're doing this on purpose? Yeah, like, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. Sometimes I do it because it's funny to me, but then I'll, I'll back off. Like, right. hey, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm just messing with you, bro. Like, chill out, you know, but. I see some people that, I mean, they take it to an extreme. Yeah. And now, you know, they, they, you know, cuss words is out, you know, they, you know, names being called. And I remember somebody did me like that one time. (laughs) Uh, This was years ago, you know, because I'm not a Cowboys fan and I live in Dallas. And I said something about my team, the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. And it was like you said, good win. And this dude who I already really don't like that much, I just kind of tolerate him. You know, he jumped in, the, um, you know, my Facebook status. He said, uh, you know, some some things that, uh, you know, I was really ready to box. I Like, I didn't even respond to it. I, I had to, like, text somebody else and ask them to read what he said. And, like, should I whoop this? Should, should, I, should I slap this dude or should I just let it go? And she was like, man, just just let it go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, that's think, how mad I got. That's that, I think that's the whole reason of it. Because they want to get that rise out of you. Um, yeah, I mean. So that's crazy, man. But but you can do that to strangers, but you can't do that to people you know. Cause, yeah, that's true, too. Because you might get slapped. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And, and he didn't know it. I know he felt strongly about the Cowboys, and I, I'm happy he did. But um, violence was on his street. He didn't even know it, man. He, he was really about to get uh, get a, a, an assault case on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... Um, he deleted me after that too. I'm glad he did because I was gonna whoop that nigga ass. But other than that, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of of um, like I like the debates, mm-hmm. 
but I don't like when a debate spill over into something personal. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I tell people, like let's just look at the numbers. But if, that's what it just ends up being, though. Like yeah. you know, people now they they don't say it's not about numbers; it's just about this and that. Yeah, this is how I feel. So I'm which like, I was going to raise a question here in a second. It was like you know we won't get into the debate part of it, right? But why do you think that the MJ LeBron debate is so heightened right now? Because they so cold. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it was never this this big with Kobe. No, never. And that just shows you how good LeBron James, like, you know, I have my personal opinion on the debate. Like I said, we're not going to get into it, but th- that's just how good they are. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's uh, what I was going to go with. It's just, I, I think that like, for so many years, we've never really seen somebody who just, who I guess who have been threatened right. Jordan's legacy. Right. So it brings up a whole lot. And you have, you know, you have the fans who are the MJ heads, who the older fans, mainly too, who. Who followed him all his career and they don't want to let that go. And he have the new heads, which was LeBron. And they don't, you know what I'm saying? So they want to see him in his shine right now. Right. And I think, like, I I guess it is kind of hard to kind of appreciate watching LeBron now without raising that question because he does a lot of great things that we haven't seen since Jordan. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of the, a lot of it, the reason I think that that the debate is raging on as hard as it's raging on right now is because the entire league is different. Mm-hmm. So I think the guys play the game differently. I think their approach to the game is different. Um, and I think a lot of the old heads, they don't like the way that they approach the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because. Yeah, that's in every sport too. You yeah, because, old heads, when it changes, you see the right. changing of the sport, they all, because, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, we, they back in the day, it. It, it just seemed like they just wanted to just wanted to just go at each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it made you feel good to cheer for somebody that went at everybody else. Whereas today, yeah, they're going to go at each other. But then after it's over, they cool. They cool, right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that bothers a lot of people that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, how can you play against this man like this? Most you know definitely, what I'm yeah, because then you see. Like, and then y'all, y'all kicking it. Like, after uh, LeBron... And OKC after the Heat beat OKC. Oh, so yeah, LeBron's notorious for that. And when him and Kevin Durant they, they, worked they out. They were training together. You know uh, what I'm saying? Him and Dwayne worked out before they even came together yeah. in Miami. Um, they do a lot of that. And like you said, they really don't like, they don't appreciate that because then they say you never saw MJ doing that. You never saw MJ go work out with some of these uh, younger casters in the league right. with him or anybody trying to come up. You know, it was always pretty much him by himself. Even Kobe. Kobe. You didn't see Kobe too much doing uh, training a little bit. He did a little bit for the Olympics. He had, you know, Kyrie, but other right. than that, it wasn't. It wasn't until he really wasn't even a threat anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people didn't like Kobe. A lot of fans didn't like uh, yeah, Kobe. I didn't like him. And as he got older and he really wasn't a threat, mm-hmm. then he kind of transformed himself into this, like, uh, wise veteran. I'm going to give everybody all this knowledge, all this game and all this. And he became way more likable. I didn't like him until – Towards the end of his career, yeah, I'm the exact same way. I carried himself. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know, I like how Kobe doing it now. You know what I'm saying? But that's because we didn't see it, and that's the same right. way with Jordan. We didn't see how he actually was as a person or anything like that until you know. I think that's another reason, yeah, why the debate rages on because uh, we see so much of LeBron. That's like, a yeah, perfect Le- example. LeBron yeah. is real visible. He's real transparent. Um, whereas Jordan, Jordan gave you Jordan on the court. Off the court, Jordan didn't give us nothing. Everything we got about Jordan off the court is like, you know, stories from other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't a real talkative person. He really didn't give people 
uh, a lot to go on. Yeah. You know, and like you're saying, you see LeBron who does way more than just basketball off the court that we see. We know we see it. Right. And so right. then people, I think, who draw the debate, you know, yeah. they don't want to. They factor that into it. They don't want to get into that aspect of it because, you know, we never heard much of about what Jordan. So it kind of makes Jordan look bad in a sense on that aspect. But I'm pretty sure if we really got into his personal life, we yeah. might see some things that, yeah, that are a lot more sim- similar to what LeBron's doing. I mean, you people know? don't realize Michael Jordan is a Democrat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, he definitely was out there. You know, doing yeah. things. It was just, it just like I said, wasn't publicized. Right. And then, like I said, then you see Jordan being not Jordan, LeBron being more friendly with other people around the league. He has his own favorite players he likes that he goes yeah. to cheer on. And me personally, from a fan standpoint, I don't really like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I I understand it because it is a brotherhood. But you know, me being a dude on the couch is not in the NBA. Like I want to see you dudes like go at each other. And kind of like football, whereas these dudes really don't be clicked up like that in football. It's usually guys that went to the same college. Yeah. Other than that, you know, you don't see Cowboys kicking it with Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You I mean, know, but, I think, but at the same time. The rivalries too, are real. You know right, what I'm saying? But at the same time, you did them with 53-man rosters too, though. Still, you're going to have more friends in this one sitting, whereas you just travel with the same 10 dudes in basketball. Right. So, right. you know, you're going to want to branch out. But you don't you don't you don't see people. you don't see the the football stars really kicking it with the other stars from the rival teams unless they have like a college connection or a hometown yeah. connection like uh Marshawn Lynch and, and Peters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They both from Oakland. You know, other than that, oh, no, you don't. Like yeah. I said, I'm just I'm the opposite though. Like I'm always I'm always for, you know, the change and all that. So mm-hmm. if if it's what you're doing now, like I know how to accept it. Or I do accept it, and I can see it from that aspect, and I can kind of like appreciate it in a sense because I guess I've seen both sides, like you said, right. where you had the the '90s and '80s players didn't mess with each other at all; yeah. they wanted to fight each other. Yeah, every like aspect, it, it, every time it was, they got. Yeah, it was. But then it you was, got like you got the new, the new kids now. You know where they're all spread out and friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I think I think I mean, it's just good. They connected. You I know think what I'm okay. I think like this: it's bad for the might be bad for the sport, but it's good for the world. But that's that's how that's how I view it because then. The kids who are growing up and they see it, they see it as how they can still compete, but at the same time learn from other people outside of who they're growing up with or who they're playing with. That's just, you know what I mean? So that's how I kind of see that aspect of it. And maybe if the 80s and the 90s had social media like we had, then they might be a little bit more friendly. You know what I'm saying? Because we see high school players. Because you see likes and dislikes, yeah. Yeah, we see high school players that, have never really met each other. They may have played in a couple tournaments together, but they follow each other. They hype each other up. Like mm-hmm. um, the 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 high school kids from the high school that we went to, Hershey. Um, I see some of those guys on Twitter talking to guys from other high schools in Texas, giving them shout outs. You know what I'm saying? They've never met these dudes before. They just follow them because yeah. of you know their stats and the awards they receive. And they follow each other and they talk to each other. And I'm like, man, you know, when we was in high school, we wouldn't even talk to the dudes that went to the school across the town. Street, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's I mean, different. It's definitely changing, yeah. yeah. But I think like, so just going back to our main point, I think that kind of, it definitely does go into that. Like the, you know, the generations of how they are. Yeah, how we, I, do, I think do the generational players. change. Yeah. So that, and that makes the big debate about LeBron and MJ or just players, period. period. You know what I mean? Because you always, 
you don't want your player to be friends with somebody else or you mm-hmm. want them to be enemies. So you want me, them to you, feel like you, you create feel, this animosity. Yeah. So I think it's just, you know, LeBron and MJ might even, or anybody, they might, they might have appreciation for each other, but they we make them do. apart from each other. You get what I'm saying? They probably do. I mean, I mean, they know the hard work to go into being great. So yeah, right. they, it's, it's most likely some mutual respect there. Yeah. Um, like just to kind of cap off how I feel about it. I think the need to compare is just it's just something that's just ingrained in our DNA as humans, man. We just feel like we we got that need to be right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If if you don't have that need to be right, then you know, you might not be alive. Everybody got that need to feel like they're right. They want to get that last word. They want to get the one up, you know what I'm saying? Like you that feeling of being right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just proved this person wrong, you know? So I, I think that has more to do with well, definitely. Yeah, you want to be, you want to be like I told you so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Yeah, it's a little pettiness it's, to it, but yeah. Yeah, that's just where we're at right now. But, you know, just in, a, in some more recent news, you know, of mm-hmm. course you probably saw this, you know, gambling. Yeah. Gambling, gambling has now become legal in almost every state it's oh it's not legal but you know the states, the states can have the choice to if yeah. they want to make it legal or not they can do it. so of course that brings us to gambling and sports right so mm-hmm. that's gonna change the whole platform fantasy football everything. about to be off the chain you know what i mean you got fantasy football but now you might even get to a point to right now you walk into an arena you see a, a a gambling booth right there or you yeah, know what i mean it's, you're it's gonna be crazy yeah so you can go Buy your ticket to the game, get in there, and then you can place a bet on the odds of who's going to win or whatever else. It's or even you can do it on an app from your phone and your that, seat at their range. That's what's going to – you know, a lot of – because I feel like gambling on football, like I think football is perfect for gambling mm-hmm. because it gives you time to sit, think, process, see who's hurt, who's about to play, you know what I'm saying? Whereas basketball, like, you know, the games happen so fast – you know, you may miss something. You know, I think that's gonna baseball. Bring, that's gonna be more of a. That's gonna be more of a. What do you call it? But just more like you know, more excitement to you. Yeah, I mean, if, these, if, if you're sports, a gambler, if you yeah, do, especially you know what if you're getting right opportunities to to do it. Yeah, like I saw. I saw some points where you can be like, well, you can even place a bet where I'm about to see who's gonna win this quarter right here. Yeah, or I'm about to say who's gonna make the next two shots. And that's the thing. And like, like, it's gonna be crazy. I've done it before. I've yeah. done the online gambling, like on Bodog. And you can bet on anything. You can almost bet on who's going to make the next shot. Or you can bet, will they get a first down on this next run or something like that? Will this be a run or a pass? And I think, you know, of course, this all circles back to the current administration, Mm -hmm. you know, that's in the White House right now. Um, It's just a lot of money to be made off. It's a lot of money to be made. And. It was, uh, you know, DraftKings and and the other one I can't think of the FanDuel. name. Of. Yeah, FanDuel, like they were fighting really hard to stay alive because it was some rules and regulations to where they, they couldn't operate like, like they were supposed some to. Crazy money, too. yeah, crazy money. So I know they had a lot to do with this uh, this legislature getting passed. Oh, yeah, because they were really almost done. See, but now I also read something too where. The NBA and NFL, NBA, no, NBA and MLB, my bad, are actually, they're in a the process of fighting stuff right now to where they can get a percentage of this. 
Of course, because that's, there ain't that's no next. way you finna come in and just start making billions. Because it's, it's, you can make yeah, billions. Yeah, it's, it's well, I'm about to make about you can make billions paid. off a sport that off our players and did not mm-hmm. give us a cut of it. So they think about trying to get at least two percent of whoever in that state is trying to get you know open up this gambling franchise or whatever for yeah. um for this sport. But I think it's smart on their part. That's another thing. Like, how does this affect the um? The individual, how can the individual profit off of it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, is it all going to be app-based? Because I know the apps are going to really, really take off. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And But I think it's going to be, yeah, the app-based, like you said. But then I think my vision of it is, is that you might have to see somebody might somebody might have an actual, like, desk or kiosk in the arena. Yeah. Where you can go up and place a bet and then collect your money after the game. Yeah, Which, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll do something like that. But it's then, almost like a casino. I, I know um people that go to uh you know houses in the in in the hood in oh, South Dallas, North Dallas, you know what I'm saying? We yeah, do the yeah. parlays. You know, I used to do them when I worked at you know one of my last jobs, send the money with my homeboy. He come back with the mm-hmm. with the tickets, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We pick up. Yeah, we know, dude. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Are they out of business now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just that's you know what I'm saying? I was just gonna say they think cause all the ones who the undercover bookies, you want to say, yeah. they been, they gonna they finna be out. They gonna lose some money. They yeah. gonna lose some money, man. Cause like uh, some guy broke it down to me before where he was making almost like uh, at least twenty G's a week based off just you know under the underground betting or gambling in a sense on sports. And so the way I related it was was to the um, to the marijuana industry. Yeah, how marijuana took off in Colorado and California, and then all these drug dealers now that lost money. I think it's gonna be the same exact effect. Almost, you know, you know, say now you gonna have legalized. I don't have to go un- around somebody or exactly. under somebody to do sneak, something. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And do all this. So they are gonna lose some money unless, unless they're real business savvy and they know how to open up their own business to make it legal. That's what I'm saying. Now, like, I, I want to know. But either way, they maybe lose I money. might want to open a business. You yeah. never know, but. It's just either it's, way they won't make as much money as they were. Yeah, it's, like there's some possibilities in it, and yeah. you know you got to dig a little deeper when um, when things like this happen. Like what was what's really going on? Because why would they legalize it like this? And it was like it was all of a sudden. Too. It was just out the blue. And it was like cause they were saying that uh, it might even be to the point to where it's gonna be ready, where you can start doing it by the NBA finals. Like it's gonna be that quick to where you know I mean they can make this change. And uh, Pete Rose, for example, I mean, he banned from baseball because they felt like he bet on baseball. Yeah. See, and I think that's, and and I mean, that's going to raise a whole other controversy, too, because then we already had the problems with referees in the NBA. Tim Donahue. That was doing that. Yeah. Uh, so then now I don't think that like the high dollar NBA players is really going to buy into it. You never know. Just because, I mean, but the, the, Michael Jordan was a notorious gambler, Charles Barkley. Right. They were, but that was like more. Right, I don't. I don't think they're gonna gamble on themselves for the personal gain of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you never know, man. I mean, because if y'all, if I'm making damn near what, at least twenty million a season or something like that, what is me getting a couple hundred thousand from a, a gambling person gonna do for but me? You, but you don't know what the odds are and things like that. Like, man, throwing a game, yeah, like a playoff game, for example. Like, let's say um, Houston was the favorite tonight. Okay, and James Harden, you know, he slid to the to the table. Or he slid, you know, a bit to yeah, such and such and such. Put his bet down. Yeah, I make a couple of million a game, but 
I also just made a couple hundred thousand real quick. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's I mean, it's definitely gonna be like a downside because it's always everything you have in a business. And it, may, it, it wouldn't be hard, of course. Right. It'd probably be a reason, you know, somebody that right. don't make that much money. Luke Mabute or somebody, whoever his name yeah. is, you know. So uh that's definitely one of the drawbacks of it. Like I said, you have that in every sport. It's just it just I think it's gonna be it's it's gonna change everything, I think. Yeah. As far as how sports, how we view sports and how we you know, become fans of it, what motivates us to really watch these sports. Because like now I think that gambling is going to be a big factor in it. Yeah, now. like I said, man, fantasy football is going to be off the chain. Yeah. Because ain't I, I, nobody's going to play for free anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I don't think anybody's going to play for the fun of it. If they are, then, you know, they're probably going to have something else where they're playing for money. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to have a fan duel, a DraftKings or something, you know. Uh, because from what I was told, I had a DraftKings, but I never cashed out my winnings. But people was like, yeah, you know, when you cash out your winnings, it'd take weeks to get to you because it's coming from overseas and all this type of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's gonna be different. Like I said, I'm just uh I'm excited to kind of see like what's gonna really happen. Mm-hmm. How it's gonna shape the league in a sense. Um, cause I think it's gonna bring a whole different aspect of how we perceive sports. I expect some scandals to come, man. Yeah, that's definitely going to come because it's going to be, especially when you have like these teams that are, like we talked about a minute ago, mm-hmm. let's say you have like these 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 sorry teams. Yeah. I, that's, you know, they know their season is already done. I expect some scandals to come. So now like now I'm going to run to this gambling bed and I'm about to see what I can really change the, myself because my team is not going to playoffs or anything like that. So what, what else am I playing for? Referees. Yeah. I mean, so, everybody's not making millions of dollars. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, so... I, I expect the scandals to come, and I expect them to come within five years, man. If this if this goes on for five years, yeah. I, I expect. Now, the, the thing about it is I don't think that all 50 states will do it, though, me personally. I think it'll start – it might be like a almost like a – it might take time. Like one of the, mm. some of the big states started, and then be like almost like a snowball. Like it started rolling. But I don't think it's going to be overnight all 50 states or now it's, it's legal. You know, of course, you still have – Vegas, of course, already like mm-hmm. that. But then you have some of your major cities like Miami or something like that that mm-hmm. might move into it. But uh, that, that's what I hope for, but like that because I mean, well, it can be crazy if you just if they all just say, okay, we all gonna do it now. But you got Oklahoma with the uh, Indian casinos, or yeah. Native American casinos, and you know they can they can get in it real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we gonna see, man. It's it's pretty. I'm amazed that it came. Like you said, it just came out the blue. And I really want to see what's going to happen, how this is going to work out, Yeah, who it will affect positively, negatively. But, yeah. And the scandals that, that are going to come from it. Because I, I expect somebody – I mean, there's a, there's a lot of players in these uh, professional sports that are not making those big dollars like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Referees included, so yeah, you right. Coaches, college. I mean, they could. They didn't say that they had to bet on professional sports either. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You could probably bet on college sports. Oh yeah, you can. So so that's another thing that we we haven't even really touched on. So it can cause a whole bunch more. Yeah, but like you said, just speaking of coaches, how you just brought up, um, it's been a lot of firing going around. Yeah, in a professional sports. You have NBA coaches, NFL coaches, you know, you have MLB managers. And 
I guess it, it brought the thought to me of how you know I me mean, what at what extent do we blame these coaches for winning and losing? You know, it's like so. For instance, you have the coach from Toronto now who just got fired. Yeah, they were the number one seed in the East. You know, and he doesn't have a job now. No, you know because they, yes, they did go oh four and you know against LeBron and like that. But it's kind of like how much of that really falls on the coach. And then you also have, you know, coaches that, I mean, going back to Cleveland Cavaliers, what, two years ago when they fired Coach Black yeah, in the middle of the season. They were the number one seed at that time. And then, but then you still have coaches like like Jason Gary still with a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it like, it kind of confuses me in a sense because I just don't know how things work. Of course, NFL and NBA, two different sports. But still in the NFL, you used to have good coaches who have these, make it to the playoffs every year, but then they get fired. Yeah. Then you had these bad coaches. So when do you blame the coaches and when do you, or when is it more of like a player personnel type thing? Or, I guess you know what I mean? I guess it's just like kind of like the way um, the team performs. You know, like using a Dwayne Casey as an example, um, I guess they felt like the team just went out there and performed in such a way that a change had to be made. And you and I both know it's a lot easier to get rid of the coach Mm-hmm. than it is to just dismantle a team that just won 50 games, you know, number one seed in the East. And I think in the professional sports, that has a lot to do with it. It's a lot easier to make the coach the scapegoat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's way easier to point your finger at the coach. And one of the things that they love to say is he lost the locker room. Yeah. And it's like, I hate that. I do feel like some coaches do need to be fired, but I hate when they say, this man lost the locker room because you got a locker room full of guys who get a check. Mm-hmm. You got a professional. Yeah, it's your job right. to you know go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Now, I do know some coaches do lose the respect of the players, though. Mm-hmm. But I think the players do that because they know the coach will get fired if they do that. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Um, but we all work. We all have jobs. And if a – like if there's a manager with a team of, of people and the entire team just started to not do their job, they probably not going to get rid of that manager. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They probably go, okay, we're going to get rid of the people who's not performing. Boop, 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 boop. But sports is a little different. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it just, for me, it's just thinking about too, it's just kind of like you have to be almost like an exceptional coach with, um, I guess, I guess average players to really get some credit. Yeah, you know. So for my example, like this is going to be Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. which is my favorite coach in the NBA right now. You know, he has players. You know, with the exception because you know Kyrie got hurt and then Hayward got hurt. So then you have like these rest of these players are just average players. Nobody's really just max players on the on the uh, on the team except for maybe Al Horford, and he's doing a phenomenal job as far as keeping them afloat with them with the you know with the, the wins that they're getting and they still had the way they did the Cavaliers recently. Mm-hmm. Like, all that credit goes to the coach. But on the flip side of that, you go switch over to the West and you see what the Warriors are doing and all you hear is the team is good. You hear Steph Curry, you hear Kevin Durant, but you don't hear too much credit going to Steve Kerr, which, you know, I feel like he is a good coach, but I feel like he kind of inherited some stuff, you know, some players, especially because, you know, Mark Jackson was already there and the system is fairly the same. But... At the same time, I think he doesn't get credit too because now you have Kevin Durant, 
which right. is probably the best, one of the best players in the league. He is one of the best, top three, of course. And I'm gonna say this, especially when it comes to basketball. Um, we watch enough professional basketball to know that these coaches don't coach. Yeah, and um, I think that's why they don't get credit. I think that's why guys like Brad Stevens do get credit. Because we can actually see him coaching. We can actually see them doing something that he's telling them to do. But a lot of Same times thing too, with Popovich. In those press conferences too, though, you 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 hear the good coaches. Mm-hmm. You hear, you know, your your, uh, your Brad Stevens, your Popovich's and all them. You hear the players in the post conferences say, coach said this. Yeah. Or, coach said this game plan. Coach had this game plan. You get that credit. But then some of the, like, the other teams, you really don't hear them give the coach too much credit. Uh-huh. So then you, that may lead you to believe that, oh, it was the players – Who's really making this work? Yeah, and you can see it on the court. If you watch basketball, especially at a professional level, you can definitely see that these coaches are not coaching. Like I tell people all the time, Phil Jackson is the most overrated coach ever because part of his philosophy was to not do anything. Like if his team got into a funk, most coaches call a timeout. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson let his guys play through it. I don't know. I think I got to disagree on that. I mean, I think that made. I think that's what made him so great. I think okay, put like this in the in game coaching part of it. Phil did a whole lot of just whistling and telling Scotty to get out the way and get it out to Jordan. Thank you. But Same you know, but I think coach. what makes a great coach really is the preparation part of it. You know what I'm saying? So of course, like in game, you didn't hear him say much. But I think like at some point they had to do something to make the triangle offense a well oiled machine. You know, and he made it work with two different. Team. He made it work with two different teams. So and you know he made but, Kobe great out of it. He made Jordan great out of it. But no, I don't think he made Jordan great because Jordan he was with Collins for like six years before Phil Jackson got there. Mm-hmm. And I want to say they made it to the conference finals with Collins, and then Phil Jackson came in the next year they won, or they made it to the conference finals the first year Phil got there, then the next year they won it. But Jordan, he was already on his ascension. But I mean, I'm talking you know about, I'm not saying he made him great. I'm talking about he took him to like that next level, in my opinion. Because I mean I think Kobe was kind of the same way. Yes, they, yes they were going, but instead of them stopping at a certain point, they kept going because of the position they were put in by Phil Jackson. But I just don't think Phil Jackson was really coaching. I feel like he just put them in position and let them be great. Which mm-hmm. is good. I mean that's smart. A lot of guys can't do that. A lot of guys can't let people be great. So, I mean, that's a, um, I mean, that's a that's an accomplishment for yeah. a coach. But at the same time, Phil Jackson wasn't out there. He wasn't really drawing stuff up. He wasn't. He wasn't making adjustments. That was something else that he didn't do. He never really made adjustments, and that was a part of his whole coaching strategy. That was his philosophy. Yeah. He doesn't make adjustments. If another team gets on the run, he doesn't make. You know, he doesn't call timeouts. He let his team play through it. And I'm like, how is this coaching? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you and your philosophy to sit back and just let these guys play and then you call yourself a coach? Yeah, I think that's just I think that's just part of more of the, the mental toughness because they prepare so well. He wants the players to already know what yeah, to mean, do in certain situations. That could be it. But it's just – so my thing is, I guess, for the NBA, you know, I guess I just hate to see these coaches lose, lose their job when – they're, they are good coaches, but then the yeah. players don't perform well. Like, right. you know, so, okay, not even just the NBA. I feel like the Cowboys have a lot of great pieces, but then, you know, a lot of it, none, but none of it falls onto the, the shoulders of uh, Jason Garrett. I, and I, I think, hate that. I think Jason Garrett is a guy who um, should be on a hot seat. Yeah. Because that's I, all I'm saying. I feel like 
Um, Jason Gary, he's been the head coach since about 2010, 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you've been there for that long, you should have a like an identity. And he doesn't have one. Like the identity came after they drafted these linemen. Okay, now we're gonna run yeah. the ball. But that really wasn't them. It just it just kind of happened that way. Yeah. It's just, um, I mean, just for him, it's just always giving like he's always giving an excuse. Right. I mean, a lot of he's of course he's Jerry's boy, whatever that. Uh, but and I and I think that Jason Gary is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But it's like at some point, it's like your job should be in jeopardy because you're not performing the way we want Thank you to. You. Like if you look at look at Marvin Lewis, man, he's another one, and I he should be gone too. That's all I just finna say. He I, I don't think gone. Jason Gary is a good coach yeah. because I I don't feel like he put his players in position to win. I feel like his players put him in position to look like he's doing something. Mm-hmm. I felt like Tony Romo bailed him out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jason Garrett is supposed to be this offensive guru, but your offense looked great when you had Tony Romo. When Tony Romo left, the offense looked garbage. Yeah. Okay? Your offense looked great when you had Zeke. When Zeke left, Dak didn't look good. Yeah. So how are you an offensive guru when your offenses are so dependent on your star? So you know that goes back to it. That's what I'm saying. So it's and just I, like, I just don't think he's a good coach at all. I think he's Jerry's boy. So I think like the I think the media plays a big role in it too because they highlight things that we don't you know they want to try to hide the things we see rather than the things that are being coached. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if you go back to the Cowboys this whole year, they highlighted Des Bryant's drops, his temper tantrums, stuff like that. Yeah. But the way Jason Garrett might have approached him or the rest of the team wasn't highlighted at all. I think a lot of that falls back onto the coach. No, I, you know I mean, what I mean? Of course, Dez has to prepare. He's a professional, like we yeah, said earlier. Catch. But at the same time, I think the coach is to blame for a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, you I, I think that's, that's just in any sport. You the offensive guy. If this is your best weapon on the outside, then you should probably find ways to get him involved. If Larry Fitzgerald can be moved around and still be effective, now I don't think Dez is as good as Larry Fitzgerald – but just the fact that they were able to move him around, keep him involved because he was really good, right. then an offensive guru like Garrett should be able to do the same. Um, you know, I'm a Giants fan. Our coach got fired. Terrible season. Um, what GM got fired. And I think he should have been fired because he came in and his rep was built off of being Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. And we both know Aaron Rodgers don't need no help. You know what I'm saying? So when he came, he was supposed to bring in the stuff that made Aaron Rodgers look good. And we quickly realized that that wasn't you making Aaron Rodgers look good. Aaron Rodgers making you look good. And he got exposed. Right. That happens a lot. I mean, because yeah. like I said, if you just go back to the NBA, you know, LeBron has made a few coaches look good. Yeah. You know, we that's why he gets that whole dub of he's the coach. You know, so – a lot of these, a lot of coaches get exposed. A lot of them do. That's what I'm saying. So it's, I think that it just made me just think about that as far as like when, when the coaches to blame, you know, of course they lose their jobs like that. But when is, when can we say that, like, oh, the coach did this well or he did this bad or great? You know what I mean? I mean, if I could just give one answer to that, like when are they to blame? It's like when you can see that the coach has done all he can do. And the team, they're not getting any better anymore. Right. You so I think it, it's a consistent thing. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I can go with that. Yeah. It's the consistency of it. So, okay. Well, yeah, man. So we'll go, so go ahead and wrap it up uh, for today. Like I said, this is the Thin Line to Love Sport, episode nine. We want to thank y'all for tuning in to us. Of um, course. Of course, you know, keep on 
rocking with us. And, you know, as we come up with more topics, we'll, we'll definitely address those things. And we always want to see you speak about how society is affecting sports. You know. Or how sports is affecting society. Exactly. Um, everybody that listens, of course, you know, we're open to um, topics that you feel like we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the topics that we have spoke about came from other people that listen. So uh, we're definitely open to uh, feedback and all of that good stuff. And we appreciate the por- uh, support. I say it every episode, but it's really true. We appreciate all the love and support, man. We just trying to make this thing grow. Yep, trying to make it better at the same time. So keep tuning in to us, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Thank y'all for tuning in.